please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Oh, good morning. Nothing like a good cup of coffee in the morning. It warms your heart and uh, your tummy. And uh, and you sort of uh, got up this morning, 5 o'clock, and it's dark outside. And, uh, and I have a camera that looks to the back of the house. And so I look at the camera, and it's just filled with movement. Fog uh, moving. And so I just did some prayer against coronavirus coming in the middle of the night or whatever. Pray that the Lord will just smack that bug. Have you seen a bug? So this morning, I want to step on coronavirus and squeeze it to know nothing and reprimand it for it does not come from God. Amen. God is love. God is good. The devil is trying to scare you and defeat you. We're speaking about John chapter 4. The, the moment when... John, can you give me a napkin for me? The moment when... The moment when, the, when Jesus met this woman at the well, Jacob's well. And uh, in verse 20, chapter 4, it turns into worship. The woman said to Jesus, I perceive that, sir, sir, (laughs) the King James, I perceive that you are a prophet. Meaning, you're telling all about me. It looks like you know me. It looks like you peaked on my past, and you saw something in me that really made a difference. I, 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 you were a prophet. She turned religious. And then she says, our fathers, meaning she had a father that prayed. And the reason, the reason why she met Jesus is because her father worshipped. But, you know, Samaritan worship is not just all clean. Our fathers worship this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where you ought to to worship. Jesus said to this woman, uh, believe me. In other words, I'm telling the truth. The hours come when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Now, of course, we're talking about a moment in which Jesus introduces the supernatural because now as he begins his ministry and terminates his ministry three and a half years later, he is going to be with the Father. The, the birth occurred, the, 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 the ministry occurred, now the death will come, Passover, first fruits, resurrection, and, of course, Pentecost and Ascension in Pentecost. Forty days, Pentecost. Ten days after that, Ascension. Ten days from that, Pentecost. And so, the only way to get in touch with Jesus would be through the, the Spirit. 
And you have to worship in spirit. Well, she worshipped in a place that uh, had many idols. Because you see, the intermarriage of Samaritans, Jewish, to uh, Assyrians rested and remained for a long time. Even today, the Samaritans are there and they don't belong anywhere. And so, Jesus says, But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father, notice not the Son, the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Must worship it in spirit and truth. And so He's preparing this woman. Because you see, now that she perceived that he is a prophet, then now we begin to deal with now we, to deal with Christian life, worship. What exactly changed her mind? What kind of kind of movement from the, this conversation that changed her mind? Uh, really, she's, he's talking about a born again spirit. So the only way to reach the supernatural heart of God is through the Holy Spirit. She worshipped in an unclean place. Let's go to Exodus, John chapter 20, verse 4. And, uh, and, and Heidi, if you can come to that microphone there, I'll give you a scripture too. If you have a Bible, do you? You didn't bring it. Okay, no problem. No problem. Then. Okay, John. Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 is, you shall not make unto yourself any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Meaning an object becomes a fixation to that object. For instance, in Brazil, there are objects. The Catholic Church produces objects, one after the other. In Brazil, the Padroeira do Brasil, which means uh, the saint of Brazil, is Nossa Senhora da Aparecida, a woman that appeared and disappeared. And is nationally instituted as the saint of, the, of, of Brazil. Well, you see, with 40% of the population now being evangelicals, they're going to have to change that because they don't consider her to be a part of their life. That's an idol. And so we're, we're, we're dealing with the heart of this woman now because she's been told about her past. Now she's been telling, she's been told now about her manners of worship and how difficult it is. Look at number 16, 22. Just like you shall not worship beneath the, the earth or below the, the sea, anywhere, any idol. And so in Numbers chapter 16, verse 22, says this. And they fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and will you be wroth with all the congregation? In other words, they repented of their sin because they have been worshipped idols. How about uh, 
Isaiah 31, 3. And you're going to see in these scriptures the same message. That when you worship idols, you have to repent. Because that doesn't go with how God communicates with us. He does not communicate through idols or through a third party. Take a look. Isaiah 31, 3. Now the Egyptians are men and not God, and their horses flesh and not spirit. Yes. In other words, in other words they're, they're, they're just regular people. They look very, very dressed up and, and weapons and all of that, but they're flesh. You can't fight flesh against the Spirit of God. That's one of the things that our, our memberships do not understand or comprehend, that the Spirit of God is much greater than any spirit of the flesh. And so, there are two places to worship, and they didn't go together. The first one is in Jerusalem, the second temple. And then Gerasim, the temple at, at the mountain uh, overlooking Nablus, in uh, Shechem. Both of them become obsolete. So Jesus is talking to this woman in a way that she, she needs to understand that there is a change that is so revolutionary, so powerful, that she must understand the next thing she needs to do after talking to the Savior. Because you see, her heart is changing as the conversation continues. She is just getting into... She called Jesus, he might be a prophet. She's coming close to, to, to know who, she, who he is. What do you mean I'm talking to a prophet? You know how important that is to a Samaritan woman? The only prophet they believed in was Moses. The moment of complete conviction comes on verse 26. Jesus said unto her, I who speak unto you am he. You know, he couldn't do that to Nicodemus. But the heart of this woman was so much in need, so much pain. The pain of Nicodemus was theological, intellectual. The pain of this woman was severe. You know what it is to be a woman of the world in a community like the Samaritans in the time of Jesus? I mean, she is ostracized by children as she passes by. She is ostracized by men as they laugh at her and ridicule her. This is one of the most rejected human beings uh, in, 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 in the book of John. And so when she is in that state of mind, God began to give, Jesus began to give her relief. And she begins to come to a place to where she recognizes that the one standing in front of him, her, was the Son of God. Why she believed in Jesus. What was the point of her conviction? And it was a revelation to the mind of Christ by the Holy Spirit. You see, a woman left her water pot, verse 28, and went her way into the city. This woman left the water pot, put it down, and ran to the city. Now, what happened to her? And that's what I need to stop now and talk to you a little bit. Because if you understood up to now what I said, what I'm going to say next 
It's got to be revolutionary. It's got to be overwhelming to those that have never experienced it. When a revelation from the Holy Spirit happens through you in the life of somebody else, the miracle, in other words, if there is a revelation, there is a miracle. If there is a revelation, there is a salvation. You know, you'd like to come to our church. I'd like to invite you to come to the morning service. You know, you don't go to church. I think it would be wonderful if you come and just be a part of our community. And suddenly the person says, yes, that is already done. It started. Because when you begin to respond to God with an open heart, the miracle is already taking place. What did Jesus do to infringe upon this woman's spirit? He told her who she was and how many husbands she had. And the one she had wasn't her husband. And that was her pain. Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. You are exactly right. I know. You, you, how did you know this? Now, it's not that she knew and heard what she heard. Is that she been told the truth. The truth will set you free. So the idea of being away from the move of the Spirit of God is just very, very, very awkward, very odd, very negative, very wrong. I don't care how many years you've been in the ministry. I don't care how many years you've been preaching. If you never experience, the problem is, if you call me Rick, and you don't really recognize me by saying, your name is Rick. Uh, uh, what's your name? I don't remember. Who, who are you? It means you don't know me, you don't know my name. What simply happens is that many of us simply deal with the Holy Spirit with that type of approach. We have, have this theological uh, 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 attitude of disregard, uh, 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 unbelief, that really I, you are in control of the interaction and the Holy Spirit can't do nothing because, you know, you are the theological, you know. And what that does is that quenches the Spirit of God. What really happened here? It's a word of knowledge. That's what Paul is talking about, First Corinthians 12. It's a word of knowledge. What is the definition of a word of knowledge? Revelation from God from the past and present. Every example. Nathaniel. Nathaniel. You will see heaven open. So I, 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 I don't understand why are you resisting, rejecting, and belittling. You know, as the United Methodist Church takes its place in the world, and as the traditional Methodist Church now uh, is splits in the month of May, you want to win the battle? You begin to treat the Holy Spirit with decency, enormity. And I'm talking to all of you. You got to come to that point. I'm talking to the churches overseas. I'm talking to the churches in Brazil. I'm talking to the churches in Europe. I'm talking to the churches in North America. I'm talking to pastors and ministers this morning. And you probably say, Rick, well, that's not true. It is true. They're all over the place. If our machine shows. We, I'm saying to you, accept the place of the Holy Spirit. John Wesley did. 
and so on. Now, verse 39 confirms all of this. Because you see, the transfer of power from this, from Jesus to this woman was overwhelming. What do you mean? You know, they say today that when you cough in front of somebody, the droplets of your cough will begin to be transmitted to the person next door to you. And, and they get the virus. Uh, it's by transmission. It's by actually touching. That's why you have to wash your hands all the time. Three or four times an hour, you just wash your hands. You know, I carry my little gel there, and I clean my hands. About everything I do, I just clean my hands. The Holy Spirit of God is a billion times more powerful than any virus. And when Jesus is talking, He is breathing life into her. Breathing life into her mind. Why did she drop the water pot? Because she heard enough. <laughs> she simply just couldn't, couldn't contain. She just left down, went to the city, and began yelling and screaming, Come, come, come! See a man! See a man! Which told me all things I ever did! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! And I can see that woman with a shining face, glowing joy. Why? Why would it be so powerful? Well, that's the cross, folks. That's Jesus. That's, that's the power of the cross. Because he came to, that's the gospel of salvation. That is the way power is transferred. When you believe what has been said to you in your heart, not in your mind. Well, verse 29 of John chapter 4. It said, many of the Samaritans in that city believed on him for saying of the woman which testified. I've been talking to you about, about uh, a verse of Scripture in Revelation 19.10. And he says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Why the testimony of Jesus is so prophetic? It's because he confirms what has happened in the Old Testament. You know, there are 300 prophecies of Isaiah about Jesus. And he fulfills every one of them. And so, when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, and you confess that he is your Savior, you see, you are contaminated for the rest of your life. And you will never be again the same person. Now, where all the strength come in in me? You know, I'm 76 years old, and I, 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 I feel, I look, I, I do it like I'm 50. This morning I got up, and I, I found a television channel, PBS or something, uh, in Atlanta. And there's a bunch of women going this way in exercise. And then one of them did, uh, uh, and I did, and I began doing that exercise, and uh and, and just, just a little longer, and I begin to pray in my spirit, you know. And it looks silly, you in the pajama in the middle of the dark, watching TV and exercise with a bunch of women. It just don't look right. <laughs> but, but it felt good. So I did some coffee, and I kept on stretching here and stretching there. And I began to pray. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, bless me today, Lord. Give me this word for, to bless the people of God. God, do something for me this morning. Because I'm, 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 I, 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 <laughs> I slept five hours. 
Come on, Holy Spirit of God, strengthen me. And I begin to just talk like, like talking to myself. You know, I'm in the dark. You know, all the, the fog and the outside is just all over there. You can't see. The light that I have in the back of the house can't even show the, the deck. It's just fog, dense fog. In the midst of that, the Holy Spirit began to lift me up and to encourage me, to build me up and to bless me and to speak life into me. And, to, and, uh, and I said, Lord, uh, I feel so good I got to change clothing. You know, I've been wearing the same pants for a whole week. And I said, uh, I got to change. I got to be clean. And so I got my new clean clothing on today. Something happened this morning. What happened to the woman of the well? Gee. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. <laughs> I mean, in other words, since when you a Samaritan invite Jesus to spend a couple couple of days in their homes. Now, it, it's right here. It says, For we have heard him ourselves, not because of your saying, woman, but we heard him ourselves. And we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. After two days, he departed thence and went into Galilee. After two days, he departed to Galilee. How many days he stayed with them? Two days. Now, tell me this. Do you know how odd that is? That a Jewish man would live in a house of a Samaritan? Well, he did in, in Matthew's tax collector's home. You will stay in my house. He had lunch with them, supper, whatever. So my question to you this morning is this. What is the breaking point in this story? We're closing the story of, of the woman at the well. What is the breaking point? When Jesus revealed to her who she was and ministered to her what she should be, how to worship, that is the breaking point. That is the place that everything changed. Let me ask you this. Aren't you tired of sitting in front of Mrs. Roberts in your office and let her talk for about an hour and a half and after she cracks, you turn around and you hear your, your neck crack and, and, and you, your behind is, is in pain and you, you feel like you need to go to the bathroom. You heard the whole story an hour and a half. Aren't you tired of that? You know why you do that? It's because you haven't invited the Holy Spirit to come and reveal who this woman actually is and what the problem is. Because if you do that, if there is a revelation from the Holy Spirit to that woman, then the revelation heals. The revelation does the work. The revelation is power. The Son of God ministered healing to her need. Five men no care. None could love her. None could love her. None supply her spiritual needs. How would you feel when, when you are used and abused? 
There was a young man that uh, was abused by his father. And, uh, and uh, the father ran away to California and left him in Brazil. This young man, uh, the wife, his mother married another man. And, uh, and that other man abused him and used him. He never had a father image, healthy father image. Came to the United States and somebody told him that he needed to be a homosexual. And so he turned to, a, to be a homosexual. He now dresses with a dress and the hair of a woman. He's a young man, age 24. I just heard that, he's, that he, her, his husband uh, left him, and he is in horrible pain somewhere. Let me ask you this. When you are loved by Christ, you change. There's no homosexuality that will win over the power of the cross. Tell me someone who is a real, true homosexual, because there's all kinds of, of, of nuances in this area. But tell me one who is a real homosexual, and I'll tell you one who's been deeply rejected and abused in his childhood. Or you just simply want to have pleasure. And that's, that is just sin as it is. Let me ask you this. The woman perceived that he was a prophet. Today, anyone ministering this way is ostracized by the traditional church since they were never understood. They will never understand. The result of that conversation brought hundreds, not literally, if not thousands, to salvation. She became the first evangelist to the Samaritans. I hope that you're blessed this morning. Uh, I, 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 this is my message, you know, when uh, politicians say, uh, uh, I approve this message. Okay, I'm Rick Bonfim and I approve this message. All right? I'm Rick Bonfim and I approve this message. I stand with it. Stand behind it. That's the Word of God. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time.